Muggles with Attitude is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know? Armadillos can read half of all known languages, and they can write the other half. That is not very practical. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know that. For more armadillo-related facts and to find out how you can access episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash armadillopodcastingclub. Hogwarts, 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 Hogwarts. Hello there, you're listening to Muggles with Attitude. We are reading J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series of fantasy novels. I am Alice Sullivan. I'm Jeff Lake. And I'm Mike Sparkman. And today we're going to be covering chapters 15 through 18 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, the fifth book in the Harry Potter series. Previously, the year has kicked off at Hogwarts, but Harry's having a rough time. Half the student population hates him, and he has yet to discover any fatal weakness in this new Defense Against the Dark Arts professor. Things are going great for Ron, on the other hand. He's living that sweet, sweet prefect life. He makes the Quidditch team, and Hermione's doing all of his homework for him. (laughs) Uh, In between doing all of her friends' homework, Hermione continues her work for House of Liberation and tries, with limited success, to stop Fred and George from poisoning a bunch of wizard children. Those scamps. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter 15, The Hogwarts High Inquisitor. Professor Umbridge is now the High Inquisitor due to Educational Decree Number Twenty Three. Yeah, that's a that's okay. First of all, that's a kind of troubling title. High and, Inquisitor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't remember my school having a High Inquisitor. Uh, at least not in high school. Not until college, I think. Right. <laughs> when they got a High Inquisitor. Yeah, I mean, you know, you go to college, and that's when they introduce the role of High Inquisitor. <laughs> it's usually, it's a student, not a teacher, though. Yeah, you'd think that they'd come up with a better name for it, like academic advisor, consultant, emeritus, or some crap like that. Yeah, Yeah, that's a really good point. But, uh, yeah, High Inquisitor seems like uh, maybe it may not be a great great thing. Yeah, the Ministry is definitely sticking its thumb into the Hogwarts pie. No, that doesn't sound right. No, it's (laughs) their finger up the Hogwarts butt. There we go, the finger up the Hogwarts butt. Yeah, it's a good thing when somebody sticks a thumb into a pie. Yeah. (laughs) And it's a good thing when someone puts a finger up your butt in the right circumstances, but not, <laughs> not, not in the teacher-student situation. And this is why this is not a children's podcast, even though it's a children's book series. <laughs> yeah, apparently Educational Decree number 22 was the one that allowed Fudge to appoint Umbridge in the first place. So, yeah, the ministry is definitely interfering there. Yeah, so Decree 23 is like the screw you Dumbledore decree. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. It feels like the... Uh, the ministry's been uh, doing a bunch of those lately. Because it was also the one that let them appoint Umbridge in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so we've got the government, we've got the media too, because the Daily Prophet isn't even trying to be subtle anymore. Like, they're talking about how um, a Madame Marchbanks resigned from the Wizengamot because she had a problem with educational decree number 23. And then they're like, well, if you want to f- see out, see more about her like alliance with goblins or something like, it's very obvious yeah it, it's they're definitely like doing a hit piece on her because she is opposed to the current government yeah yep so who's the editor of the daily prophet it's a good question i don't think we've met i don't think we know that in fact i think the only person we've met for the daily prophet is rita skeeter yeah mm-hmm. who's no longer with us right unfortunately she's yeah. on sabbatical yeah, or in a jar. It's possible she's in that jar still. <laughs> I don't remember if Hermione ever released her from that jar. Well, this this Hermione is pretty uh, 
hard-nosed in these chapters, so she might have left her in a jar for a year. <laughs> I know, right? Just to teach her a lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this, in this, at the beginning of this chapter, we also get a rundown of the wizarding grading system, which I find very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> they have, uh, let's see, so the best one, is, the best grade is O, obviously. Outstanding. Outstanding, right. And then uh, below that is, hold on, I'm, I'm losing it again. So there's a D, and a, a, they, they say amount of order, so it's also confusing that way. There's a P, there's a D. There's a. an A, and mm-hmm. there's an E, right? Yeah. So E is exceeds expectations. I think right. that's right below an O, right? Right. And then A is what? Acceptable. Acceptable. Right. And then P is poor, and then D is dreadful? Yeah. And T is <laughs> troll. Oh, right. I couldn't tell if they were joking about that. I think they do things like that, though, in England, because I've heard my mom talking about, like, O-level exams. Oh, really? So, yeah. I don't know the way they do that in Angle land. <laughs> It is confusing, though. Oh, so this might just be... This might not be wizard stuff. This might be, just be British stuff. Yeah, it's hard to tell. <laughs> it's really hard Wait, to tell. Wait, what is British? I don't understand. Uh, it's where it's what they speak in uh, Engeland. What's Engeland? It's the place where the wizards live. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's Wizard World. Thanks for clarifying that for me. <laughs> yeah, you know, when they said the wizarding world of Harry Potter, they're talking about Engeland. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's actually funny or not, but Umbridge is going around since she's now the Hogwarts High Inquisitor and she's inspecting all the different classes. And as a former teacher, I found this hilarious. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny. It is kind of funny. She's kind of a jerk about it. She literally follows them around the room and asks pointed questions uh-huh. and scribbles in her notebook. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like like in the one where she's evaluating Trelawney, like I, I kind of like Trelawney. She's, you know, a little, a little out there, but her classroom is great. It's the place I'd hang out and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Umbridge is like hard on her. I mean, she's a bad teacher. No, no, you're she's right. Like, I mean, she's worse than Hagrid <laughs> in terms of teaching. Wait, yeah, she is. It, yeah, oh, well, she, she doesn't get anybody like you know have their viscera exposed to the air like Hagrid does. <laughs> but she doesn't teach anything. Yeah, I at mean, least you come out of Hagrid's class with some practical knowledge. She teaches people how to pretend to see the future. That's useful, right? I guess so. It's useful for her. Yeah, yeah you can, right. <laughs> if, she, if she teaches you how to build people out of money, then that's great, right? <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. True. But of course, Harry gets in trouble with her by mouthing off to her and gets even more detention. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at this point, he's probably just doing it on purpose, right? He's just biding his time. He just he just can't hold, hold his tongue. I just figured it's so he can get some more one-on-one time with Umbridge. Opportunity, you know? <laughs> <laughs> get to know thine enemy. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and she also observes McGonagall's class, which is probably my favorite scene in the entire books. Oh, it's great. Yeah, McGonagall is such a... not. A, she's not being a jerk to her because it's very well-deserved. She just doesn't take her seriously. Like, she, she, she treats her like she's not worth, you know, her time. I know. Yeah. It's pretty mm-hmm. great. I know. Yeah, shuts her down pretty hard. Yeah. yeah. McGonagall can hold her own, though I still worry about that kind of thing because, you know, McGonagall is right, but Umbridge is... Has the power, right? Yeah, she does. As High Inquisitor of Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, McGonagall's in a really interesting position because she's deputy headmistress, but I, she doesn't have the political aspect that Dumbledore has. Um, How do you mean? Well, like Dumbledore, you either are super in support of him or you are super against him, right? And with McGonagall, I don't think that's the case. They're like, she's tough, but she's fair. Like, yeah. they see her as a teacher. They don't see her as a leader in the wizarding world. Yeah. Which I think is very useful for her. It's yeah. true. She's kind of a third party here. Yeah. yeah. And, and 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 I think even from her perspective, she's she. I'm sure she loves Dumbledore and supports him. But 
uh, her priority, first priority is certainly the school, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like that for sure. Um, and she observes Professor Grubbly Plank's class, and that woman doesn't give an F. I know. Yeah. yeah. I, like, She's like, I'm a temp. I don't care. Yeah, right? <laughs> she, I, I was on my couch before this. <laughs> <laughs> I can go back to my couch and be just fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's great. Like, she's she's really growing on me in these chapters. You know, I know. I'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later. When, uh, but, yeah, like, I understand that everyone misses Hagrid, but Grubbly Plank is great. <laughs> yeah, she is. And she's got the best name. Oh, I know. Yeah. Amazing. And she smokes a pipe, which is pretty great, too. And wears a monocle. And wears a monocle. Yeah. Yeah, she's a character. Yeah, I would have thought the wizard that would wear a monocle would be McGonagall. Monocle, monocle, McGonagall. She's McGonagall. She wear the monocle. Right? She does, but they don't talk about it because it's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> McGonagall's McGonagall. McGonagall's monocle. McGonagall's monocle. The monocle of McGonagall. But Hermione suggests that Harry teach them defense against the dark arts lessons. I know. Ever since Harry's latest detention, Hermione's gone like full on zero fucks mode. It's pretty great. I know, mm-hmm. right? She's like standing up and she's like organizing stuff. I mean, like, Harry becomes the secret leader of this Hogwarts cell of loyalists and he's going to like tr- be training a fighting force, which is exactly what Fudge was worried about, right? Mm-hmm. I know. I think that's, I think it's amazing. Fudge was just playing it wrong. I know. Yeah. Well, he's, he's concerned about Dumbledore raising or training an army and that's exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Umbridge did successfully identify who was going to be the, the biggest problem at Hogwarts. Oh, that is true. So she, as a yeah, but isn't that kind of? I mean, wasn't there basically just like a neon sign pointing to Harry Potter in the first yeah, place? Anyway, it's true. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not exactly like a tough mystery to solve. <laughs> <Yeah. this. laughs> uh, I thought this was a this a super epic moment for Harry, when when Hermione's saying, "Well, you know what? You should form a secret wizarding army and teach us all the dark arts." And he's like, "Me?" But like. A teacher? Me? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, like all this shit you do. Like every year you do some crazy dark art stuff and you survived everything. It's really awesome. Uh, it's it's very cool. No, it is. And, and, and you know, she talks about it a little bit. And it's like, you know, we, we joke about Harry being kind of useless. And in many ways he is completely useless. But... <laughs> But he does have this way of surviving all these terrible situations. Yeah, and he actually does have... I mean, he can do the Patronus, right? He has more experience with actual dark arts magic than any other student here. Yeah. That's uh, true. And I, I thought it was cool because Harry, Harry spent this whole book with kind of his head up his butt thinking about, oh, everybody, everybody's laughing at me. Mm-hmm. And we get this, this moment for his friends to like reflect to him the way people actually see him. Mm-hmm. And he's like a legend, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, well-deserved, apparently, because, you know, it's like... Yeah, every year. Every year he does something crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, good on Hermione for yeah. pointing all that out. For recognizing sure. Recognizing that. Um, chapter 16 in the Hogshead, which gives us some great art there at the top of the chapter. Oh, God, I know. This, the this, literal Hogshead. The sign with the blood. <laughs> all right. That's, mm-hmm. that's pretty graphic. But Hermione's been thinking about this club that she wants to start. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just going to be the three of them. She thinks that it should be open to anybody at Hogwarts who wants yeah, it's true. And, and uh, you know, Harry was thinking it was going to be a small group, but she she's kind of softballing it. But essentially, there's a lot of people who are interested in doing this, right? Yeah, they have a meeting in Hogsmeade at the <laughs> the Hogshead pub, which sounds amazing. There's a, I want to do a quick sidebar here because I'm curious about this. So they're talking about this vanishing magic that they're learning, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, do we know where these creatures are being vanished to when they vanish them? I, I had that question too, you know. Do these kittens... 
come back? Yeah, because like while they're vanishing the mice or whatever, it's like, oh, there's a tail wiggling in the air. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. And then Hermione graduates to kittens. And I'm like, hold on now. <laughs> <laughs> so this question is kind of answered coincidentally in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Okay. But for now, we're just going to assume that they go away. I mean, away. Is there, they just go to like a pit somewhere. Is there like a... I mean, are they just... Do they cease to exist? Do they go somewhere? Do, well, well, we'll learn later. Yeah. yeah. Are they in the wizard's stomach? If you... <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the wizard's stomach is storage for all the things they vanish. That's why you can't vanish anything larger than them. I don't know. Wait, so... A kitten? So, oh, God, right. So, wait, if you vanish part of the thing and not the whole thing, does that hurt it? It's a good question. Huh. They don't care. They're wizards. They're wizards. Yeah. It does not matter. Yeah. Yep. Don't worry I, about it. I, I also noticed something. It's, it starts at the beginning, or maybe it starts previously, but uh, very recently, Hermione has started using Voldemort's name. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that's they don't make a big deal about it. I think that Ron kind of reacts to it a little mm-hmm. bit, but I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. That, I think Hermione, as usual, is two steps ahead of everybody else. Mm-hmm. And usually that means she's ahead of them in their classes. But in this case... It's she's ahead of them in realizing that they have to form an insurgency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She like she's she's playing this. I, mean, like, I imagine like in the summer she was reading a bunch of like you know Fidel Castro's <laughs> movies, right? and Communist like Lenin. manifesto. <laughs> yeah, she's like the, if there's an unjust government, then it becomes the the, yeah, and, the rule of people. Right? And so she realizes that that they need like a, a popular figurehead, and that can't be her, and so it's Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. But she's like the fixer making this happen. Yeah, she's the kingmaker. Yep. Yeah, that's right. She is. Yeah. Like, she, she makes all this stuff happen, right? Yeah. Harry's just along for the ride. And she couldn't be the king herself because, you know, she's muggle-born. Oh, she needs a pureblood to, to head it up, right? A figurehead? Well, no. he's not a pureblood. He's a half and half. Harry is? Yeah. Remember, his mom was... Oh, she's a muggle-born. Muggle family. You're yeah. right. The Dursleys or whatever. But he is he a mudblood then? No. Well... Sort of. He's... He's, he's descended from two he's wizards. A half and half. Yeah. Yeah. A mudblood would be someone who's, uh, I guess, well, no, I guess he sort of is a yeah, mudblood, right? Yeah, he's, yeah. Anybody he's, who's not pure wizard. Yeah. yeah. From two wizarding families, which means they're pretty inbred. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think, um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the Potter side yeah. is pure-blooded, but, uh, um, Lily's from a muggle family. Yeah. yeah. But I do feel like, like Harry resisting... Umbridge that's like inbounds sort of, mm-hmm. but him like actually training soldiers yep. is crossing a line. Uh-huh. Yeah. You mean a, an army of child soldiers? Right. Well, he's a child too, so it's not the same. It's uh, like Isn't it? <laughs> I mean I mean like it's I think it's I think it's okay for little kids to kiss each other. It's not weird, right? Okay. They're not right. pedophiles or anything. Sure. So it's okay for little kids to train each other to be soldiers. In the dark arts? <laughs> In the dark arts. <laughs> no, no. Defense against the dark arts. But also the dark arts, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's definitely crossing crossing a line from, you know, Harry's normal, lovable, rapscallion behavior to... Uh, something that would get him probably executed. <laughs> yeah, and I don't feel like they make a big enough deal about that. Like, the biggest worry well, they have is about getting, like, expelled. I'm, the only person here who's probably thought this through is Hermione. Yeah, uh-huh. She's not saying that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's into it. Yeah. yeah. She's been reading the literal writing on the walls. There is a funny moment where she's she's done her research before. Because they're going, as you mentioned, they're going to the Hogshead to meet. And she's like, well, I've done some careful research. And it doesn't appear to be against the rules. So we're good. You know, yeah. like, of course, Hermione did that, right? Mm-hmm. Right. 
uh, yeah, so they, they have their first experience with a dive bar. Uh, certainly, <laughs> you know, certainly not their last, but you know, this bar is happening. This is way better than that other place. That's what I was thinking. I was like, <laughs> they've been going to three broomsticks. That's for jokers. This place is great. I love that she asked Professor Flitwick if it's okay for students to go there, and he's like, Yeah, it is, but bring your own glass. <laughs> I love Professor Flitwick. I wish we saw more of him. Isn't he? Isn't he also like a fantastic dancer or something like that? Is he? I think that's a thing, right? Hmm. Uh, in the book where they have the ball, I believe it's mentioned that Flitwick is a, an excellent dancer. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. He's got a life. Yeah. yeah, that guy's great. Head of Ravenclaw. That's right. Yep. Charms professor. Um, Charm, and, and charms are, that's a useful specialty, right? It's extremely useful. Hmm. It's got kind of a silly name, but yeah, charms are super useful. Yep. Um, and yeah, but, the turnout here is crazy, right? Yeah, there's like 25 people who show up where considering the size of... The student body at Hogwarts is a decent, a decent amount. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, too many, honestly, because this is this place is this gathering has got to be rumbled right away. Yeah. For oh sure. yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, some of them are probably there out of morbid curiosity, but you know, yeah, they stick around. Yeah, some of them are there because they just want to find out what actually happened to Cedric. They want to hear, and Harry's like, "I'm not going to tell you that." But I am going to tell you. <laughs> like he tells this all these stories about the bonkers shit he's been up to. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it does sound pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, "Is it true you killed a basilisk?" He's like, "Yeah, with this with the sword from Dumbledore's office." Yeah, I, 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 I mean, guess well, I did. Well, yeah, that is, yeah, that's what happened. I mean, that's how you kill a basilisk, duh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and and Hermione has them all sign a sheet. Mm-hmm. I know, we call that leverage. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Everyone yeah. puts their name on the list, huh? Yeah, that's, that's uh, what's the word? Compromising material. That's right. Yeah. And then later we find out that that sheet is jinxed. Uh-huh. So in that some if they, way. Yeah, in some way. Yep. So, like, she tricked them into it. Uh-huh. She didn't. Them? She didn't tell them it was jinxed, did she? She did not tell them it was jinxed. Yeah. I I don't... When they were like, oh, I don't know. I guess, you know, like, I don't know if I really want to sign. I was like, yeah, don't sign that. <laughs> yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They were. Keeping records of this sort of thing is like... what I, I first thought like, oh, this is a big mistake, right? This mm-hmm. is how these... This is how the, the authorities kill all these people, right? They know who they all are. Yeah. But then like... It's cursed. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? it's cursed. Hermione is two yeah, steps ahead. Hermione is using this against them, and uh-huh. now these people are all like, apparently they get super acne if they rat out the club. Mm-hmm. That's right. Sounds like it. Yeah, we also get a little bit of, uh, you know, after the meeting goes down uh, and everyone's like, yeah, we're, we're on board, we get a little bit of uh, wizarding relationship gossip. Do we? Yeah. Uh, we learn about Ginny's new boyfriend. Yeah. And uh, the fact that she stopped being interested in Harry because she, you know, she learned that he wasn't into her. Mm-hmm. Hermione's like on all this stuff. She's like, she's like on top of everything. Yeah, she even knows the the gossip, the drums. Yeah, mm-hmm. huh. and, and she's like, oh, I guess she's I, in the she's in the girl, the 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 girl room dorm. in Gryffindor. So mm-hmm. so she may have access to different sources of information. That's a good point. There's there's probably a lot of like side chatter there about uh, what's going on. I feel bad for her though because she doesn't really have any other friends. Like. Harry and Ron, they get to share a room, and plus they're friends with Neville and Seamus and Dean. Yeah. Um, well, she has Victor Krull. That's true. Her pin pal. Yeah, she has her overage oh, sports yeah. boyfriend. In, in a couple country. years, they'll they'll be close enough. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it won't matter. Yeah. I feel bad for her though. It doesn't seem like she really has any friends. Isn't she close to Lavender or no? No. Not really. I don't think so. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's hard. Yeah. She so, might have a bunch of Muggle friends. That we don't know about. That's a That's good point. True. Before she came to Hogwarts, she probably had friends, right? Yeah, she went to regular school have. before that. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. 
I guess it's been a few years since then, and she, you know, it's it's easy to grow apart from your friends when you're that young, you know. It's true. Uh, but she also picks up on Harry and Cho like immediately. Mm-hmm. She's really too good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, unless Harry and Cho is something she's been setting up from the beginning. That's a good point. She maybe she's been pulling those strings. Maybe. Mm-hmm. He's like this. This will breed fine stock. <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to point out something. Harry keeps talking about how he saw Voldemort kill Sea Digs. Didn't Wormtongue kill Sea Digs? Yeah, because Voldemort said kill the spare. Right, yeah, but then Wormtongue killed them. But yeah, it wasn't Voldemort that killed them. It so. wasn't Voldemort that actually Yeah, that's a good point. So are they just, is that just simplifying things so he doesn't have to I get into so. details? I mean, he, he ordered it, so maybe that's good enough. You know, sure, yeah, is, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point, though. Yeah, yeah that, that, I completely forgot that that was the it case. It jumps out at me every time they say that. Like, why isn't... Because Harry's like, he doesn't want to talk about it, but when he does talk about it, he doesn't say exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's more dramatic if he says that Voldemort did it, right? Yeah. yeah. And definitely. it's like, it's it's not as much of a good story if you're like, well, Wormtail did it. Who's Wormtail? Oh, well, you know, he's, he's actually Peter Pettigrew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Peter this Pettigrew. guy who was a rat for 12 years yeah. in my friend's pocket. <laughs> like, everyone thinks he's dead, but he's not dead. He's, he was just a rat, and yeah, now he's not a rat Scabbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scabbers killed Cedric Diggory. But he was... <laughs> that's that's definitely, definitely not as impressive. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Voldemort. Yeah, that was Voldemort. <laughs> We'll go with Voldemort. Chapter 17, Educational Decree number 24. Umbridge is totally on to what they're doing. Oh, I know. Yeah, shockingly, having a meeting with 25 students in a public area, you know, mm-hmm. is something she picked up on. And they didn't even seem to really be keeping it to themselves. No, not at all. So she makes a preemptive rule to try and head off the Defense Against the Dark Arts Club that they're trying to form. And it's just like, oh, damn, you know how Harry... Really, will never break a rule, right? So, yeah, that's true. You know, they, yeah, he's like, oh, you see that specific rule that must apply to me as well. <laughs> yeah. so I to follow it. I remember him saying that in all the previous. Books. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you know what? I'm Harry Potter, and I never break a rule. <laughs> so that, yeah, then that's the end of the whole uh, defense against right. Dark Arts Club. Yep, it's definitely not going to be happening now. Yep, or anything. Yep. But yeah, this this is where we learn that Hermione jinxed that signature sheet against uh, snitches, which is well, like that's uh, that's so some it, slithering shit, say right? Snitches get splotches. I was gonna say snitches get bewitches, <laughs> <laughs> but I think they're both good. Yeah. Well, we don't know exactly what it is. Just that it'll make Eloise Midgen's acne look like I don't know polka yeah. dots, or I don't remember what make, she said. So it yeah. could be anything to like. You know, boils on your face to your face melting off, right? Yeah, <laughs> something right. disfiguring to the face. That's all we know. <laughs> something horrible that you don't want to have happen. You know, it may not actually be a jinx. It's just she's gonna like beat the shit out of you. Yeah, her gonna fuck you up. <laughs> Which we know that she's, she has a Kick history, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's got knuckles. But here's the thing, though. She didn't tell anyone she did this, right? No. So it's not like right. it's not like a deterrent. It's like if you do it, this is gonna happen. Even at it's this point, purely punishment. Well, yeah. it's not. I mean, it's to know who the rat is. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So it, and that's why she made it something obvious on their face so they couldn't hide it. So she knows who the rat is uh-huh. so that she can clean house. Rearrange their face. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, let me fix that for you. <laughs> <laughs> so this was like, it wasn't even it wasn't even a commitment device like I originally thought it was. It's a mole hunt, uh-huh. right? This is a deliberate leak or a, a test to find leaks. Yeah. yeah. Because, because so she's already running 
counter counter insurgency here. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> well, when, I mean, and it's it's that's which a, actually she's jumping the gun a little bit on that, but still. Well, you know, I mean, best to be prepared, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as soon as this decree comes out, she starts looking around. She's like, "Well, we'll know who did it." You know, nobody did it, but still. Yeah, it, it's somebody in the bar saw twenty five students waiting. Yeah, because yeah. there were like what, like half a dozen people in the bar. Mm-hmm. Someone had to say something, right? Yeah. Yeah, but things are just getting darker and darker. Like. Hedwig finally returns to Harry and she's hurt. And then McGonagall's like, hey, like channels of communication are being watched in and out of Hogwarts. Yeah, this yeah. is like some draconian shit. You yeah. Know? Something S- tried to get Hedwig. S- yeah, some somebody totally intercepted Hedwig. And that was when she was sending a message to Sirius, I think. Uh, a message was coming back from Sirius. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was It was nothing... Nothing too detailed, but it was it was definitely yeah. Well, Sirius was setting up another like meeting by flu powder where he just like sticks his head in. Mm-hmm. I love that uh, when Hedwig is injured, he's like, "Well, the only person I have around is Professor Grubbly Plank," and she's just like chilling in the staff room, like smoking, smoking her pipe, her pipe. <laughs> and it's like she's classy as fuck, you know. Mm-hmm. She's pretty awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably got a top hat around somewhere. Wearing her monocle, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's great. Maybe she borrowed her monocle from McGonagall. She I, might have. I bet McGonagall has monocle. spare monocles. <laughs> Probably does. <laughs> and when, like, you want to borrow a monocle from McGonagall, you say, can I can I take that monocle? And she's like, no, that's that's my monocle. That's McGonagall's monocle. You can have this monocle because that's not McGonagall's monocle. <laughs> are, you trying to, are you trying to chronicle McGonagall's monocle? <laughs> <laughs> Impossible to say. Mm -hmm. Anyway, where were we going with this? Um, (laughs) Umbridge is um, Umbridge is observing Snape's class, and she's like, "Yeah, the Ministry doesn't really want students to be learning strengthening solutions anymore." So, like, people were joking about it, but Umbridge totally is there to suppress to try to keep Hogwarts students from becoming an army. It's a ministry. What does a strengthening solution do again? We don't know exactly, but I'm assuming it makes you stronger. Yeah, something like that is what I was thinking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, On the way to class, Malfoy is like up to his usual shitty shit, and Mm -hmm. he almost gets his ass beat by Neville. That would have been great. I'm sorry that they held Neville back. I know. Like, I would not not have known that Neville had that in him. But, you know, you got to watch how you talk about people from St. Mungo's. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's super sad. Because nobody else knows, but Harry does, that Neville's... Parents are completely crazy now because they were tortured. Yep, tortured to madness. Yeah, and Malfoy's making some sort of shitty joke about it. Yep. Did we know that Snape had applied for the Defense Against the Dark Arts position literally every single year? I don't for the know. Last like nineteen years or something. I don't know if we had known he did it every year, but we have known that he uh, has applied in the past and been turned down. I think yeah. he's mentioned it. Yeah, he was jealous of Gilderoy Lockhart. Yes. Right. And uh, Lupin too, right? Uh yeah, he was helping. He didn't like him, but he was helping him with the say, wolf, wolf spain potion, or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I don't know why that would be. Why would you keep applying for the same position every single year? Why would he keep getting oh, turned well. down for it every year? Yeah, you yeah. want it, right? I'd, I'd apply for it every year. Why not? Yeah. I mean, after a while, you'd be like, "Well, it's the same person. Like, he's not going to give it to me." Yeah, but maybe they have no options this year. Hmm. In fact, they did have no options this year. And that, which is why Umbridge is in the position, right? Isn't that the whole thing? Well, like, that, edu- yeah, education yeah. degree twenty two. Decree twenty two was that if you if they were unable to fill a position, the ministry would be able to appoint somebody. Yeah, so that's right. You're right. That's how she got the position in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't understand why Dumbledore doesn't want Snape to be the 
DODA teacher. Because Dumbledore doesn't want Snape to be killed just yet. And you know, if he was in that position, <laughs> he's going to have a target useful. on his back. It's like, That's right. That guy is he's really valuable, but he's such an asshole. If I give him this job, he will be dead in a week. <laughs> well, also, like, he's already got, like, Harry's enmity, like, trained on him. If he's also the Defense Against Dark Arts professor, <laughs> he's fucked. Yeah. He's gone. Harry's just looking for an excuse. Mm-hmm. So this is like... The, the, these defensive against the dark arts teachers are just Dumbledore like baiting Harry, like training him, just like feed him a stronger yeah, one every year. Yeah, he's the weakest one. Yeah, <laughs> the Quirrell guy. Yeah, I mean, right? Quirrell was kind of like you know some weak little, probably like twenty, you know, two year old or something. Yeah, and he, like he he's like kind of weak in constitution. Then they had Gilderoy Lockhart, who was like you know uh, uh, somewhat accomplished but still kind of a loser. Mm-hmm. And then we had Lupin, the, were- the werewolf. Yeah. yeah. And then we had Mad Eye Moody, the former Auror, who's like unkillable, right? I think the Lupin thing was because he was a friend of Harry's dad, because Dumbledore wanted to train Harry to like set emotion aside and and focus on the target. Even if he's family. Yeah, take him out. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then of course, yeah, Mad Eye Moody, the the unkillable one. Right, yeah. 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 His greatest challenge yet. But it wasn't a real test because it turned out to be like Fudge's stupid kid. I know. I bet Dumbledore was real disappointed about that. He's like, this guy's super easy to kill. Right. Yeah. They go back to like the staff room and there's like a, like a board of wagers and <laughs> <laughs> odds on either side. And they're like, sorry, bets are off. Oh, <laughs> it wasn't even mad. I moody the whole time. God damn it. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, Umbridge is not going to let Gryffindor reform their Quidditch team just because she can, I guess. Yeah. yeah. She's a dick. She is. Um, but Harry and Ron and Hermione meet with Sirius, and Sirius is almost literally caught by Umbridge. Yeah, I think it, I, I think it's funny that they they learn that he's got like his intelligence network trained on them. Like they're like, oh, you remember that witch in the the, the Hogshead? That was actually Mundungus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, when I say intelligence network, it's really just Mundungus, but still. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, so Mun- Mundungus, sure, but Mundungus was already in the Hogshead dressed as a witch. Uh huh. That with is a, veil. a good point. He knew they he knew they were going there. Did he? He must have. Or is it, or that's just where he hangs out? He, he specifically Maybe he watching just them. likes dressing up in ladies' clothing and hanging out in dive bars. I mean... Don't judge. Th- yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, sure. that's fine. If that's how you get your kicks, then awesome, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And by the way, then that dive bar, there was that one guy that was dressed all in rags and kept drinking glasses of fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want I to know about that guy. Right? I it's the like, guy from Star Wars. In the it, cantina. There was the guy who was dressed all like like a almost like a mummy, and he kept drinking the smoking drink. Was no, it? I don't remember. Oh. That. Really? Is that it? Yeah. Is so that guy must be drink? really old because that was like a long, was, long time ago. A long time ago. In the galaxy, galaxy far, far, far away. away. It's a well-traveled. I don't wizard. know. It just made me. Think, it just made me think. Of it. <laughs> no, you're probably right. Yeah, maybe it's an Easter egg. <laughs> hmm. But anyway, the whole order knows about their plans, right? Yeah. At this point, and it's, there's this great exchange where uh, where Sirius is like, I promised your mother, that I would relay this message to you. And he goes on about, like, this is a terrible idea. This is dangerous. And, you know, Her- I, like, Harry and Hermione, I know that she doesn't have any direct control over you, but she says, also, please don't do this. And they're like, oh, so you think it's a bad idea? He's like, no, I think it's a great idea. That's just what she said. <laughs> He's like, no, fuck that. Get fighting. Let's do this. Yeah, that's totally what I would have done. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not necessarily good advice. Right. <laughs> Hermione's like, but... Yeah, but, you know, that's what he would have done. You know, she starts second-guessing everything because of that, right? Mm-hmm. She thinks that 
um, Sirius is kind of egging Harry on because he's trying to live vicariously through him since he's stuck in London in the house. Which I think is probably an astute assessment, right? Like, I, I don't think that's far off. I think Sirius is bored and I think he hates what's happening right now and he wants somebody to be having some fun for him. Yeah, and Hermione said before, and Molly Weasley said it too, that Sirius sees Harry more like his dad. So he's like a friend rather than an adult who should be responsible for her. Yeah. Yeah, which is very sad. It is. I, it, it makes you it makes you feel bad for Sirius because like it, who's left right of yeah. his of his friends? You know, nobody. There. Well, I guess Lupin. Yeah, but he also he missed that he missed a lot of time when you like grow up and mature because he was in you know torture jail. That's a good point too. Yeah, I'm sure he didn't get to develop much while he was in. Uh, yeah, I mean, if he hadn't been there, who knows? He might have had a family and kids of his own by now. That's a good point. Yeah, but then uh, as you mentioned before. Umbridge's hand literally appears in the fireplace and almost grabs him, which mm-hmm. is probably super creepy, right? Yeah. How does she get her hand in there? From another fireplace. Yeah. Oh, because the flu network. Yeah, I have some questions about how that works, but, you know, <laughs> magic. <laughs> Don't pull that thread, right? Yeah, we're not going to pull magic. that thread. <laughs> exactly. Wizard See, that's stuff. Well, yeah, you, yeah. No, it's, it's obvious. The, the, you go through the flu network. Your whole body is transported that way. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can also use it to stick just your head through. That's the only other way to use the flu network. Uh-huh. But only if you have special dispensation. Uh-huh. And you can stick your hand through if you're trying to grab someone's head. Okay, but that's the only time? That's the only time you can stick <laughs> your hand And those are the through. only two body parts you can put through? I have questions about that. <laughs> <laughs> For reasons. <laughs> Chapter 18, Dumbledore's Army. Hermione, who is really coming out as the winner in all these chapters, has figured out that that weird scene we had a little while back where Filch tried to intercept Harry's letter must have been Umbridge. She came up with this bullshit thing about, oh, he's trying to order dung bombs or whatever as a way to get Filch to take his mail. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I I, kind of wonder about this. Like, if Umbridge, as High Inquisitor, wants to take someone's mail, she just takes it, right? Like, I don't... Does she have to make up an excuse? Does she have to tell Pilch, oh, there might be done bombs I mean, in that's there. one of the things when you're when you're in a prominent position of leadership, you want to get other people to do the dirty work for you. I suppose yeah, so. It, it would be good if Harry didn't know that Umbridge had read his mail. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good point. Because then he might continue communicating with his wizard army or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instead of, I guess, I guess there's not many other ways. They don't have cell phones, right? So yeah. not many other ways to communicate with right, wizards. Yeah. Yeah, they're running out of ways, right? Because you can do owls, but like Hedwig, as we saw, Hedwig got intercepted. Mm-hmm. You can do flu network, which isn't working out real well for them. Mm-hmm. So I guess you're kind of running out of ways. So when you turn up with your cell phones. Yeah, I guess so. Probably yeah. Hermione. But Harry has this weird, he's starting to like read Voldemort's emotions in a way, which is yeah. super weird. So like you can tell Voldemort's really angry because something isn't happening fast enough. And then he realizes that like these other times when he felt his scar hurt, he was feeling different emotions from Voldemort, which is super creepy. So he's like a mood ring for old for Voldemort. Yeah, the Voldemort re- mood ring. Yeah, you're getting one pleasant scar radio. And he- Voldemort doesn't seem to have a whole lot of pleasant emotions. No. No, not really. Really just like a lot of anger. Mm. Yeah. But of course Harry won't fucking tell an adult about it. God I know. I know. I, the, this this is another one of those frustrating moments where Ron's like, "You should probably tell somebody about that." He's like, "Well, I can't really tell Sirius." He's like, "Well, tell Dumbledore." He's like, "No, no, fuck Dumbledore. Dumbledore, fuck Dumbledore." He won't talk to He's me. He's not talking to me. I'm not going to talk to him. I'm yeah. not going to first one. To, no, shut up, Harry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shut up, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> probably say that a lot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, Hermione. Meanwhile, Hermione's having this like crisis of conscience. She's like, "Do I follow the rules when the rules are unjust?" 
if Sirius thinks it's a good idea, is it a good idea? You know, she's like, <laughs> she's, she's struggling here, you know? She's really I, thinking I think about she's this. she's maturing. She's learning the real rules. Mm-hmm. That's right. The rule of might. Mm-hmm. And she's, you know, the best wizard in the room most of the time, right? That's right, yeah. All the time. Yeah. She's like, if the smartest and the best wizard is in charge, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> so I think she and Tom Riddle might have got along. That's what I'm saying. Oh, man. You're, Maybe. There's like two sides of the same coin. <laughs> I mean, she, she seems like a pretty moral person. I don't think she has the sense of morality that Ron has, but she seems like she knows right versus wrong. She does. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, she's still pretty rule-oriented. She's still lawful good. Lawful, yeah, definitely lawful good. Um, yeah, but what, what does the lawful good person do when they when the laws are bad, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Right. Well, it depends. I guess it depends on the... Yeah, it's a complex question. Mm-hmm. Probably break the rules. To, I don't know. Yeah. But if we want to talk about less, less complex people, we can return to Harry, um, who's having a dream about walking down a windowless corridor with a door at the end. But he is—he he's fallen asleep in his chair in mm-hmm. the common room, and he's woken up by Dobby, his returning Hedwig. Yeah, and we have, and I, I imagine he greets Dobby the way people usually greet Dobby. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. It's just you. Just, oh, that's just your face. Oh. <laughs> and we had a—we get a resolution to the mystery of the disappearing hats, and it's unsurprising. Yeah. <laughs> Dobby's just been cleaning all of the Gryffindor common room himself. Yeah, he's been collecting hats and socks and scarves until he's become something like a yarn golem, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> so Hermione's plan would have worked to get them to accidentally pick up a hat. Yeah, except the house elves do not appreciate her efforts. Yeah. He said they find they find it insulting. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, it's fortunate that he meets Dobby. Yeah, because Dobby, he's like, hey, Dobby, do you have any idea where we, we can all meet to practice for our... Um, do they have a name for the club yet? No. Yeah, for our for our Defense Against the Darts Art Club. And he's like, yeah, the room of requirement. Yeah. So. You need a room? Oh, well, there's a room. That's whatever room you need. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, what like... a convenient piece of magic. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I got to, since we have this, I have to ask you guys, what would your, what would you use the room of requirement for? Sleeping. Yeah. So you just like walk in and be like a big, like comfy bed. Yeah. Maybe some like some white noise or something. Yeah. Nap room. Yeah, maybe some books. It would be a big fan, like at one of those skydiving places. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Because I need that. (laughs) And just walk into the room and I just lean into the thing and (laughs) blow me up for a while. You just float around? And I just float around, do some flips and shit. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, I hate to lean into the Hufflepuff stereotype, but snacks probably. Yeah. (laughs) It would be like an awesome snack room. Yeah. But don't you have snacks in your house? I have some snacks, but I I always want more snacks. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, sleeping and snacking, that's kind of like the ultimate. Yeah. 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 And, I, you know, I, <laughs> I feel bad saying that because they're like, we're going to use it to, like, form a wizard army and fight evil. And I'm like, snacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys. Mm-hmm. And, and we also learned that this is the room that Dumbledore mentions in passing. He's in, like, like he needs book one or something. Yeah, yeah. He was like, oh, I really needed a bathroom. And then... I found this bathroom and I've never been able to find it since. (laughs) (laughs) Which is cute. That's a really cute callback. That makes me happy. Yeah. But yeah, this room just only appears to people when they really need it, but it provides them everything they need. Yeah. When they, when they walk in for the first time, I, you know, I I had forgotten how awesome this room is. It's like they have books that they probably wouldn't normally have access to. They Mm -hmm. have like whatever equipment they need for training. Does it give them what they need or what they think they need? 
I think I don't think that they were thinking of books. I think it gives them what they need. It's okay. So if they're walking around thinking like, I need like I need a book about the dark arts or something, and they go into this room and it's like a shower because what they really need is a shower. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, that's something they can. I mean, happen? it gives you what you need, right? <laughs> well, at one point he's like, "Oh, people need to shut up," and he sees a whistle. Yeah, so. Actually, maybe it is what you think you need. Now that I'm thinking about it, like. I was like, well, what they really need is to beat Voldemort, right? Yeah, right. Wasn't, wasn't it like a big old Voldemort beating room? It's <laughs> <laughs> like a bunch of sticks that are like Voldemort, anti-Voldemort <laughs> magic or something. No, right. Room requirements been slacking off. Well, the more confusing thing to me is when they go into this room, Harry sees there's a faux glass, which he's pretty sure come, came from, he's convinced came from Mad-Eye Moody's office. So the things that are in there are actual objects that come from somewhere. So if somebody is all of a sudden like, oh man, I need a room with a bunch of like trash cans in it. Does that mean that every single trash can from that the rest of the read. castle is gone? Yeah. Oh, like, so it, it sucked steals stuff from other rooms. Interesting. It must, Maybe right? it puts them back or something though. Yeah. Because nobody, nobody is noticing. Well, I guess, would anybody notice if stuff just vanished all the time? In I, I, I mean, I think in Hogwarts, you, I think you Probably notice, not. but you don't, like, you don't mention it because it's just what happens in Hogwarts. Yeah, weird yeah. shit happens all the time. There's that painting that used to be there. It's gone now. But it'll yeah. be back, probably. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, man, I, I really need to piss. And then all of a sudden, every single toilet is just gone. Oh, shit. Yeah, when Dumbledore had to use that bathroom, somebody's, like, sitting on a toilet somewhere that just benefits. <laughs> <laughs> they actually yeah. said it was a bunch of chamber pots because... What what wizards don't use century is this? No, they have indoor plumbing now. Yeah, know. that's right. That's where the <laughs> yeah. So that's a question because like, there, are there limits to the room requirement? Like, if it if, it's, if something's attached to like the plumbing in the entire castle, can they not get it then? Because it said that when he did it, it was just full of a bunch of chamber pots. Which mm. which makes sense because those would be something you could move, right? As opposed to like an actual toilet. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, mm. I don't feel like this is clearly enough described for us. Yeah, we we need, we need to know more about the bathrooms. More info. Yeah. yeah. There's also I I expect for the rest of the series they're using this room constantly. Yeah. Wouldn't you? I mean, like this is the most useful room in Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like for by sure. definition. Like um, remember when Harry was all like, "I need some way to breathe underwater," <laughs> and there was like a chapter about that. I know, right? You could have walked in and be like just an aquarium with some gillyweed in it or something. Like yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. That would have been great. Um. It makes me really happy, though, that they find it. It's located by the Barnabas the Barmies um, painting, which is him <laughs> training trolls for ballet. <laughs> right. right. And then when Hermione mentions it, or whoever it was, Dobby mentions it, it's like, oh, yeah, it's by that painting of that guy getting the crap kicked out of him by some trolls. <laughs> <laughs> Which, oh, again, with the paintings, the living paintings. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Does that guy just get beat up by trolls forever for all of eternity? I think yes, so. I think so. Is he yeah. aware of that? I yes, mean, he you can totally look, is. You can look out of the painting and see people not getting beat up by trolls, right? I think so. Yeah, that's, that's. I mean, the 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 lady at the door for the Gryffindor common room interacts with them, talks she to them. She remembers things like yeah. the password. That's yeah. right. It's a good mm. point. Um, and I love that they're coming up with a name for it. And Cho is like, oh, I don't know, let's call it like the, the Defense Association or something. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's like a nice generic name. And Ginny, a Weasley, uh-huh. says, no, let's make it stand for Dumbledore's army. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Weasleys are loyal to Dumbledore to the end. That's right. Yeah. This fudge was spot on. This is exactly mm-hmm. what he was worried about. Right. And the, and the, the Dumbledore representatives here are making sure that the that everybody knows who's in charge of this organization. Mm-hmm. That's right. There's no confusion about from whence power flows. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because it, it was sort of assumed that Harry was in charge. But then uh, 
Hermione's like, let's have a vote. Hermione mm-hmm. made it official. Yeah. yeah. And we know that Harry's an extension of Dumbledore. So, so when G- Ginny Weasley was like, oh, if it's DA, let's just call it like Dumbledore's army and said, do you think she like planned that ahead oh, of time? probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think she did. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot going on with Ginny Weasley. That's right. She and Hermione are close. Oh, that's true. So like, Hermione actually does have a friend who's like, a female. Remember how my theory is that, that Arthur Weasley is sending one of his kids to get involved in every power center? Mm-hmm. I think she was the one that he tasked to get close to Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. But, but he didn't, he didn't go but for But not it. Ron? Uh, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> no, no, no. No, Jeff. Ginny was supposed to get close to Voldemort. Oh, right. That's right. Right. She had the diary. That's right. Yeah, Yeah, she knows more about Voldemort than anyone, right? She's read his diary. That's right. She's like interacted with his diary. She's like in love with his diary. That's right. Yep. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So he's got the kids who are overseas. He's got um, Percy in the ministry. He's got Ron with Harry Potter and Ginny with Tom Riddle. Mm-hmm. He's got one kid that is, that's got connections with dragons, which is going to be useful. Yeah. If the oh, war breaks out. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's and, got and, one and kid in banking. In banking, right? The goblins. The goblins. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then Fred and George, and who knows what they're going to do. Well, I mean, the well, joke shop, right? I guess. Well, they're the. Crime, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're, oh, no, you're right. They're the, they're, they are already immersed in the criminal underworld. Right. Yeah. 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 Man, that family's connected. The Weasley crime syndicate, I'm telling you. That's pretty diabolical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they, they practice some some dark arts. They get some Expelliarmus experience, which is not the most exciting spell, but I mean, it is really useful, right? Yeah, super useful. That's, that's the best spell for fighting wizards, right? Take away their wand. Yeah, do you yeah. wand them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's not really a defense against it, I guess, other than like... It, well, Harry did it to Voldemort, right? Yeah. Yeah. It they, works. That's exactly what they said. They're, they're like, well, you're not going to use that against Voldemort, are you? He's like, I literally did. <laughs> yeah, I, that's exactly I, what I, I did. I did that like a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> and you know who didn't do that? Cedric Diggory. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Bet Cedric Diggory wishes he knew Expelliarmus. <laughs> but, but he can't because he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's cold. That's right. Uh, I liked it. In this chapter, I felt like Harry was actually showing some signs of maturity mm-hmm. at long last. Like he... He thinks, like, his first thought is, like, well, I'm going to go find this room of requirement. Wait, no. I shouldn't do that right now. I shouldn't go out after curfew and get in trouble again like I have every other week of every other semester. <laughs> That's right. That's and a then, good point. And then here he's actually buying into this and not not being his usual lone wolf self. And he's trying to actually share some of his experiences. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's showing some real leadership skills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and he pairs everybody up and 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 actually kind of directs things. It yeah. isn't just Hermione doing everything. Yeah, he, he actually goes around and gives people pointers and stuff like that. And that's the first time he's ever done anything like that, where he's ever been a leader, because he always has gone like lone wolf. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was just him and his sidekicks. Right. So, so good for him. Yeah, definitely good for him. Yeah. Good job leading insurgency against the ministry. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I want to point something out here because they they, they they make they do talk about this. So as they're all leaving, he's like, oh, yeah, these people are Ravenclaws. These people are of us. These people are Gryffindors. No Slytherins. Of course. There's not a Slytherin there. Yep. Yeah. They didn't invite any. Like his his cohort, Hermione and Ron, they didn't invite any. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think that is? Is it that all the Slytherins are untrustworthy? No, it's that the rest of the other three houses fucking hate the Slytherins. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, it's uh, probably mostly they don't like him. Although I would say, I mean, they aren't trustworthy, right? I mean, 
what based on what you know, right? well, you know Lucius Malfoy is a Death Eater, right? Right, yeah. right. But and, so we have Crab, Goyle, and, and Malfoy are all Death Eater families. Yeah. Are they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We learned that in the in the in the last book. Um, Crab and Goyle's dads show up right. with all the other Death Eaters. Yeah. yeah, so that's totally the the Slytherin house, right? Or well, that's, sorry, the, the 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 Voldemort house. That's mm-hmm. three people from from Slytherin, though, right? Three important people, like the prefect and the you know the rich kid and the the kind of leader of Slytherin house at that so. age group, I suppose. I just yeah. wonder. We we don't know that many. The only other one we see regularly, I think, is Pansy Perkins, right? She's always rolling around with Malfoy. Yeah. I wonder what the rest of Slytherin. I like, like Pansy Perkins, by the way. I think she's funny. Oh, really? <laughs> she she's reminds like, me. She, she's like that, uh, like Jabba the Hutt's little uh, laughing guy. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. I think that's funny. Uh, she does mention that she has a screeching laugh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the only other person that I, I can think of from Slytherin is the the leader of their Quidditch team, whose name now escapes me. Marcus something. Marcus Flint. Oh, yeah, right. I think it's yeah. right, something like that. So, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I would say it's not worth it. I, I think they've got way too many people as it is. Yeah, that's a good point. Because they, they barely know some of these people, like Zachariah Smith. Mm-hmm. I guess the, my point is, if you're forming uh, an insurgency and you're you're building a group to defend against Voldemort, the people who are left out have no choice but to go to Voldemort, right? Yeah. Mm, yeah, that's point. true, right? Yeah, so they're kind of, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy kind of thing, yeah, right? If everybody's picking sides and you don't let them on your side, it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got no choice but to join up. Although, I also think that their big mistake here is that they should be using a cell network. They shouldn't have one big meeting with everybody in it. That's yeah. true. And it's it's bad to have like a leader who everyone knows who he is. Right. Mm-hmm. Big mistake, Hermione. Come on. <laughs> You're smarter than that. <laughs> but it did just occur to me, you know, I was talking about the fact that it's bad for everyone to know who the leader is, but Hermione makes a point of saying that Harry's the leader. But we know that Hermione's actually running Exactly, so. right? Kingmaker. Uh-huh. Like, you don't want to know who the real leader is. You want to know, you want everybody to know who the the figurehead is. Yep. The, the inspiring person. That's right. And if they get killed in a wizard drone strike, well, that's very sad and that, that'll motivate people too. And then you just put another one up there. There's yeah. always Neville Longbottom. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and if not Neville Longbottom, Dean Thomas. Mm-hmm. And if not him, then Seamus Finnegan. If or, not him, or, well, no, Seamus Finnegan's not a Dumbledore loyalist. Ernie McMillan. Ernie McMillan. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Yeah, he's, so he's let's just go down one. the list. Yeah. You got all kinds of people we can put up there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Not the Weasleys, though. The Weasleys are the, the you know. No, I, I think Arthur Weasley would sniff out what was going on right away. Yeah, yeah. Let... She's real careful not to put the Weasleys up. <laughs> 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 that's all I got. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Next time, we'll be reading chapters 19 through 22 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, the fifth book in the Harry Potter series. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at mwapodcast.com. I am Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter and Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Mike Sparkman. I don't have any of those things. Please share us with anyone you think will like this. Please give us good reviews. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. Finite Finite Podcast. Podcast.